0: to the book of Ephesians. You must have got your woos all out. It's all right. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Yes. Remember, now, as we're going through this text, this letter from the Apostle Paul calls us, encourages us to the highest and holiest kind of life. It does that, firstly, By reminding us of all that God has done for us in Christ. And then by affecting or enlarging our believometers, our expectometers, Paul will, he hasn't done it yet, but he will, in chapter 4, he will call us to walk worthy of the calling we have received. It's going to be a walk of unity, a walk of ministry to one another, a walk that is different than the world, a walk that is guided by love, a, uh, that that is lived in the light, that is a walk that is uh, fueled and guided by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. All of those things. But before he tells us that, he tells us he's reminding us of all that God has done for us, and he prays for us. Somebody say he prays for us. Praise. And really, the. the you could argue, if you wanted to fuss about this kind of stuff, you could argue that, that, that all the, yes, the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about, you know, they're about telling us what God has done for us in Christ. But really, Paul's point is to pray for the church, but he keeps interrupting himself by being excited about what God has done for us. <laughs> so here we are at chapter 3 today. And I'm going to read from, uh, in chapter 3, uh, I'm going to read from the New King James, because I am in the mood But yes, I bought myself a new king, another new King James Bible. I have a, hello, my name is Brian. I have a problem. I buy Bibles. (laughs) Hi, Hi, Brian. It's okay as long as you admit it. All right, chapter three. Here we go, the new King James. We're going to go through the entire chapter today of, of three. Ready? Here we go. For this reason, oh, you should say that out loud. Because we're going to remember that. We're going to listen to the the literary analysis of the text. It's going to help us see something here. So for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. Now, in your Bibles, there might be a dash right there. And that's really good because... that uh, should tell you that the translators are helping you see that what Paul, that that we understand from the text that what Paul is doing is he started to say something. You might identify with this. Have you ever started to say something and then remembered something? Started to say something that made you think of another thing, and so you said that thing? Well, yeah, squirrel. I'm not accusing Paul, (laughs) but I'm saying I understand him. (laughs) All right. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have br- written briefly already, by which, when you read, you may understand that my knowledge of the mystery of, uh, of Christ Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it now has been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. That all the Gentiles may be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel. If If you're not reading your Bible like that, you're reading it wrong. If you're reading your Bible like it's the back of a mayonnaise jar, you're reading it wrong. Where are we? 7, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. People are going to read their Bible this week and not hear it like that and think that I'm picking on them. No, I'm not. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning, of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, whoopsie, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory, for this reason. Did we hear that already? Did you remember when I had you say that now? So Paul is now picking up and finishing what he started in verse 1. Everything in between there was him just telling us more stuff kind of like yeah so for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have may be able to comprehend with All the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Woo. Yeah, get warm up, mama. Here it comes. Now to him who is able to do. Come on, mama. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. According to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, you're in the kill zone down here. It's an amphitheater. Everybody just wants to, you know, anyway, talk. In Christ, you can be strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit. we kind of got a glimpse of chapters, chapter 3's flow. Paul begins this whole section with this statement for this reason. What reason does he mean? What's he talking about? He is referring to to everything he has just been saying yes. in chapters 1 and 2. For this reason, he says. Well, what reason does he mean? What, for the reason is, we because we because ha- the reason is we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. The reason is we have forgiveness of sin and redemption through his blood. The reason is we have been chosen and adopted and made heirs. The reason is we have been sealed by the Spirit, and we have been given the down payment of heaven now. The reason is we have been raised and seated with Christ. The reason is we have been brought near to God and to one another. And we are being joined together and being built together as a place for God to dwell by his spirit. For this reason, he says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Now, by the way, he said, I'm a prisoner. He's writing from Rome in prison. He said, by the way, I'm a prisoner for your sake. And then he reminds them of the whole deal. He reminds them why. He said, surely you've heard about the administration. This is the NIV here, the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation that I have written already written about briefly. Paul affirms what this mystery is. Now, another word for this, you might like the word treasure. Somebody said treasure because mystery sounds like a who-done-it, like someone's trying to hide the truth. Right. But mystery is just a, a, a way of translating of the idea of treasure. Treasury is something that, you, that, is, that is hidden with the intent to be discovered at the right time. And this is the treasure of the gospel. The gospel was a, is a, was a message. It was the plan of God from ages past. Paul calls it this mystery in verse 6. He says, and here it is, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members of one body and sharers together of the promise in Christ Jesus. That's a good treasure. And then he says in verse 7 that he himself became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given him through the working of God's power. And verse 8, although Paul says he is less than the least of all the Lord's people. He's less than the least. He said, although in other words, it's not about me. I didn't earn, I don't deserve it, but this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. That in him and through him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Do you believe that you can approach God with freedom and confidence because of Jesus? Whoo, that's rich. Those are boundless riches. Paul is announcing to the world that no matter where you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background, that through Jesus Christ, you can come to God with freedom and confidence. Whoa, that's good news. Therefore, he says in verse 13, I ask you not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. What does he mean that his sufferings are for their glory? Well, it's a it's a it's a figure of speech. One commentator worded it this way, and I think it's pretty good. That um, it would be like the, the city states in Greece celebrating or observing one of their champions on the athletic field. How many of you watched any of those uh, ball games this last weekend? Last service, John Schaefer was here, and he was wearing he was wearing his Huskies shirt. And he was, I could see it on social media. John was very proud that his Huskies dealt with the, the Quacks. He went to the game. He was very proud of it. But here's the deal. John didn't go on the field. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> John didn't go head up against those 300-pound linemen. John didn't do that. There were other people suffering on the field. But that was, but that was John's team. And they were, they were engaging in conflict and in struggle. For John's glory. (laughs) Paul says, I'm here in change preaching the gospel, but everything I'm doing is for your benefit, for you to enjoy. So don't be discouraged, but rather rejoice. Then he says in verse 14 and forward, he resumes where he picked up for this reason. Somebody said "For for this reason. So now he's picked up where he started in verse one. Where was, he, where was he headed? He was heading to pray. He was fixing to pray for them. So what we have now is, this, is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. But the good news is it's not just Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. Paul writes this letter in, intending for them to read it and for this letter to be written as a circular letter, letter for this letter to be writ, read by a whole bunch of people. And then this letter is preserved so that it can be read by others. So this prayer is not just for them. It is for everyone reading this letter. I want you to agree with that. It is for everyone reading this letter. Therefore, Paul's prayer is for us. It is for you and for me to hear and to receive and to embrace, to say yes to Paul's prayer for us in light of and because of what God has done for us in Christ is this, that we would be strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit. Let's hear his prayer again, this time in the NIV. For this reason, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how high is the deep and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Knowing that what happens after this, knowing that after this, Paul is going to call us, his readers, to walk in a way that is impossible to do apart from the Holy Spirit. He is going to call us to walk in a way that is impossible apart from the Spirit of God. He's going to tell us to walk in unity with each other. (laughs) He's going to tell us to walk in ministry to one another. He's going to tell us to walk differently than the world around us. He's going to tell us to walk in the light, to walk in love, to walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit in all of our relationships. And then in the same power of that spirit, he's going to call us to contend against, to contend against dark spiritual realities. So before he can call us to do any of that, he brings us back to this. He prays that we will be strengthened with power on the inside by the Holy Spirit. As we look at this prayer, there's just a few principles, a few points that I think are worth uh, highlighting, just recognizing. And they're not necessarily in uh, order of importance, but here's what I want to emphasize today. As we look at this prayer, we must see this, that Paul's view of Christianity is power. Paul's view of the Christian life power paul does not view christianity as feeble he does not view christianity as weak paul's view of christianity is not stumbling mumbling and murmuring along now you might say hey Dave! hey Dave! hey Dave! hey Dave! hey wait a minute you know? What about those parts in Corinthians where Paul says that, you know, in his weakness, God is strong. He's not, uh, and that he relishes. Yes, he's talking about persecutions and conflicts and all of these things that he's experiencing in the world. He says, but in those things, in those things, God shows up in strength. That even when, when the outside conditions look weak or frightening or scary or stormy, that God is still powerful in his life. Wow, just so far in Ephesians, as we've walked through the letter, here it is. I mean, he talks about what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, like the working of his mighty strength when he exerted, he exerted when raising Christ from the dead. He talks about God's grace given him through the working of power. He wants us to be strengthened with power. He wants us to have power to grasp the love of God. And he wants us to know that what God is doing in, th- in verse 20, he is doing according to his power that is at work within us. That brings us to the second point, and that's this. There is power at work within us. There is power at work. And all that God will do, he will do by this power. First, we must believe there is power at work. Somebody say it out loud. There is power at work. Got to believe. We've got to know this. There is power at work in the church. And Paul says that all that God will do, he'll do by this power. That when God acts in our midst or what he does on our behalf, he does by this power. And this power at work, in our midst, the only thing that God's going to do, he's going to do by this power. Somebody said, by this power. And when describing it, he said this power is so much at work, that you cannot measure it. He says that God, by this power, is able to do, it, what The, the uh, New King James, exceedingly abundantly, NIV, immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. That means no matter what you could ask of God, no matter what you could imagine God doing in terms of his will and his work on this earth that you can bring your imagination you can bring your biggest ask and god is able to do immeasurably more than that your faith will never offend god he never jesus never once says whoa 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 whoa." that's a lot to expect you'll never hear jesus say the word simmer down The more radical people's faith, the more Jesus got a sly grin on his faith and said, I'm going to their house. Uh, Surrounded by all of his Jewish pals and there's a Gentile over there with faith and he's like, whoa, I'm I'm going that way. Paul wants to expand our expectometer. To enlarge our believometer. If we're going to live This high and holy life, we've got to believe that He is able to do immeasurably more in our lives, in our midst, by this power. And this power strengthens us. Somebody say it strengthens us. It strengthens us on the inside. Somebody say on the inside. Strengthens us on the inside. And I think that's important for us to recognize because the, what this power, that work in our lives, makes us strong on the inside. On the outside, there may be a little bit of wear and tear. I'm not going to ask you if you identify with that. But there may be a little bit of wear and tear on the outside. On the outside, things can get weary. On the outside, things can get worn down. On the outside, there can be a different appearance, even as the seasons change. But what doesn't change is what God is doing on the inside. I was thinking about, now I know you guys tease me sometimes as I talk about my parents, but I was thinking about my folks today. And I was thinking that, you know, it's not a secret. They're not 20. (laughs) <laughs> they're 25. But my folks have been through different seasons, and they're in different seasons in their life right now. And they're, and they, on on the outside, they change. My kids don't think they change. They think my parents are cyborgs, but <laughs> it's possible. But although there's change on the outside of their life and the seasons of life and what they do, but what, who they are on the inside has never changed because, because it, who we are on the inside will determine what we do and how we do and how long we do it and how consistently we'll do it. And this power, where this power is at work is on the inside. The world deals with the outside. Bondo. You know what Bondo is? Bon- <laughs> you had to have cars like mine, you know what Bondo is. But... Uh, Bondo, Botox, whatever. You know, the world specializes on the outside. Most of it's Bologna. <laughs> but this power is not Bologna. This power, God is not in the business of image management. He is in the business of empowering, strengthening you on your inner person to be strengthened. How strong? How strong? What kind of strength does God want to give you? Sure. Here we go. Sometimes people forget I ask rhetorical questions. (laughs) This church has never, you've never done that. You just always say what you want. All right. How strong does God. Listen, he, the strength that Paul describes this strength by comparing it. He says that God, according to, in equal measure with, the riches of his glory, will strengthen you. The strength supplied to you is derived from the riches of God's glory. For Paul. Christianity is lived by the power of God in a way that directly reflects and reveals his glory. Wow. Next, there is purpose in this power. Paul said, I I pray that you you would be strengthened with power by by his spirit in your inner person so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Somebody say Christ may dwell, dwell in your hearts by faith. Listen, friends, this word idea that the idea that Christ would dwell, this says this is the same word that we would use to describe someone living in a house who has taken up residence inside a house. In other words, the gospel, this promise by the spirit that this this gospel is not about more rules to follow or a list to keep or a new philosophy. This power is a living power. It is Christ's living presence in your heart. This this power makes it real that Christ is living in you. This is This is living in fellowship with Jesus and living in obedience to him because of the power of the spirit in our life. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and so that you may grasp the magnitude of his love. This power strengthens us so that we are more and more aware of the love of Christ. And further, so that we will know this love, he says, that really is beyond knowing, so that we'll be filled beyond filling. (laughs) It's essential for us to see that for Paul, the barometer of full is love, that a life that is filled with strength by the power of the Spirit is primarily characterized by the love of God. This power strengthens us so that the dominant characteristic of our life love and this power comes from the Holy Spirit this power comes from the Holy Spirit he is God's power at work in our lives without him there's no power without him no power with him no lack with him without him Without Him, no power. With Him, no lack. He is God's power in our life. The Holy Spirit is entirely sufficient for all of Christian living. Hello, my name is Brian, and I am a Pentecostal. And that means that I believe, I've signed on, I've preached, I've heard it preach, whatever, all the things that we, we, as Pentecostals, we say that the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us Power for service. Amen. Good. Everybody said amen. amen. Can we put an asterisk there? Yes, comma, but wouldn't it be, I would just like to negotiate this. Could we just take off the for service part? That the Holy Spirit gives us power. Power for worship, for works, for ethics, The same power at work on the mission field is the same power available in your living room. That God's power is for every part of our Christian life. We must never compartmentalize the power of the Spirit. It is comprehensive not compartmentalized this is so vital if you uh, you 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 probably maybe you've felt this way maybe you've talked with others but it's so common for folks to talk about their christianity in terms of rising and falling and failing and trying because they've defined it as an attempt to keep a list or to perform on a certain level When it is lived out and from and because of the overflowing strength and power of the Holy Spirit. This is a life lived by the Spirit. And finally, according to verses 20 and 21, this power is for God's glory. This power is for God's glory. Somebody say God's glory glory. His power is for God's glory Too many times people peddle bumper stickers uh, uh, In church They, 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 They try to make doctrine out of bumper stickers And too many times I've heard people caution folks Saying, hey, hey, hey You know, we should seek God's face And not God's hand Well, there's no Bible for that I'm a, we should seek the face of God, but if God has offered us his hand, take it. <laughs> he is offering us his hand because we need it. His power at work is not for it. That is not a selfish desire on our part. It is an absolute. When we desire, when we say, Lord, work in my life by your power, God gets Glory. And not only is this power for God's glory, God God is intent that as this power is at work, God wants to be glorified by this power for every generation, every generation. We need not be satisfied with hearing about what God has done. We can expect that because God is glorified in it, we can anticipate what God is doing and what he will do. We are a part of a house that believes that we are moving from faith to faith and from glory to glory and that what God is doing, He ain't done yet. In in many ways, just getting warmed up, that there is more in front of us than behind us. We're grateful for all the places we've been. We're grateful for what we've seen. But for every generation yet to come, there is still to be the glory of God, worked and demonstrated by His power. We believe this. This is what Paul prays for us. And he prays for his readers. Simply this. Not to flex, not to strain. But he simply says, he prays for his readers to be strengthened with power by the Spirit. And friends, if if, if we see this prayer in God's word, we know this prayer is God's will. We know that it is God's will to strengthen us with power by his spirit in our inner person today. Which is well. We know that we need it. I hope that we want it. We know it's God's will. Can I ask us to stand together as we close today? If you're hearing this this morning and you're feeling, well, maybe you're just not feeling or sensing that power at work in your life. Maybe there's been too much fumbling, mumbling, or grumbling I want you to know this prayer is for you. This is the whole point that you and I can and should be empowered by the Spirit. This is all that there is. This is all that we need. And we need all of it. We need all of it. Anybody who hears these words today, and you have a yes and an amen in your heart, that you want to be strengthened with power by the Spirit, I encourage you to open your hearts and just say yes to God and invite the Holy Spirit to strengthen you today. Consuming fire, they need to flame. A power morning and you're feeling a sense of urgency, a sense of longing, or a need to be strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit. I'd sure like to pray with you. I'd like to agree with you and Paul that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you today on the inside with the power of God for the glory of God. So if you'd like prayer, we're gonna have, I'm going to have the, mus- the, the musicians sing this again. And if I can pray with you without anybody being bashful, just hungry, could you come? Let's find a place up here in the front. And I'll, I want to pray with you just personally. Come through and just pray with anybody that would like prayer. Come on up. Come on up, musicians. Would you sing?